Hey there, Panther fans. This is another interview in our ongoing series of trying to speak with a podcast of all opposing fan bases. The week before a game, this week up, Minor Obsession, fan podcast of the Charlotte 49ers. This week, it's more of a conversation between uh, me and the two guys from the their podcast. Uh, we talk about uh, their team, we talk about our team, and kind of preview what we think uh, was going to happen this week. So go ahead and give it a listen. Let us know what you think, and uh, go Panthers! Georgia State, Charlotte, big game coming up for both of us. Finally getting to a second game. I know you've had a few cancellations, not as uh, not not quite like our cancellation, but still uh, still always fun. I saw Alabama was on the schedule, so you also missed out on a big payday like we did. <laughs> oh, our our athletic director, Char- coach, uh, coach, athletic director uh, Charlie Cobb has said we fully intend to expect to get paid for that game that did not get to play. <laughs> and I've maintained the entire time until that check clears the bank account, Alabama forfeited to Georgia State. That's, That's fair. fair. You're going the We're UCF still... route, right? Are you going to put up a billboard about how y'all beat uh, Alabama around Atlanta? We're going to get that asterisk in the NCAA book like UCF did with their national championship. <laughs> well, if they actually get the check to clear, they can put that up, uh, that billboard up pretty cheaply, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we got a big game this week, and, you know, Charlotte's gone through a lot over the, the the week after playing top 25 app, who is no longer top 25 after they ran into one of our conference teams in Marshall, and uh, we got COVID, and we didn't get to play the big in-state game we were excited about against Chapel Hill, but now we get this home opener, we're missing a quarterback, and uh, it should be fun. Sean, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah. Um, I think the big question mark is, is the quarterback. So Chris Reynolds day to day right now, Healy, I haven't heard committed one way or the other on whether we'll see Dom Schaffner in the backfield or uh, actually get to see Chris Reynolds. It was pretty clear uh, at the app state game, you know, we chalked it up. We, we ran our last podcast before the report of injury came out, but we chalked it up to the rain and the weather, but it was clear something was wrong with Chris Reynolds during that game. So if he is able to go, it'll be interesting to see what percentage of health he's got there. Can he actually get the ball down the field this time? Uh, it, we should have pretty good weather, I think, looking towards the weekend. So that should be a factor there. And um, if he can't go, it'll be interesting to see Dom Schaffner transfer from Monroe College, who's done some pretty good work in his two seasons he's had, um, what he can lay down on the field since the fans not get in spring practices to go to and stuff like that have not really gotten a chance to see him so far. Uh, two things you said there. We did get COVID, I guess. It was one offensive lineman testing positive one time, and then quarantine regulations says that anybody they're in contact with can't really play. So we just didn't have enough players to go to Chapel Hill. I know a lot of fans were disappointed about that. And um, that's a tough break, but you got to understand policies are in place for that purpose. And so as upset as you might be that we didn't play and as unafraid as you are of COVID, it's difficult to, to go against conference regulations when you're coming up against something like that. Uh, but I think we should be good to go for this week and excited to see how two 0-1 teams, one from the Sun Belt, one from Conference USA, come up. Yeah, and it, it saved us uh, an L in the record book because I'm pretty sure we'd be 0-2 right now. 
So, Dave, tell me about Georgia State. Just want to give everyone the, the prediction here. The line opened at plus one, and it moved to Georgia State's uh, favoring at minus two and a half oh, is uh, it, for this game. Is it the two and a half? The last I saw was Georgia State minus one. So, obviously, uh, Vegas has no idea. It's a pick em game, you know, pick your poison type thing. Uh, I think going into this season, uh, the Georgia State fan base would have been uh, very scared of this game. Uh, uh, Charlotte looked like they were, you know, going to come out and put some uh, some points on the board, and especially looking at that App State game, came out uh, on fire, looked great. I was definitely scared of, of Charlotte, mostly because we had no idea what to expect out of Georgia State this season. Uh, we Our all-star quarterback graduated, our, you know, badass running back graduated. Uh, our defense has just been going downhill from year to year with promises that it finally was going to make a turn this year. So we really had no idea what to expect. We were scared of this game. And then we welcomed in uh, Louisiana Lafayette to our stadium to open up our season last week, come out with a quick 14 point lead. You know, we, we pissed the game away late in the fourth quarter, actually in overtime, but uh, it showed us some hope for this season. And I think the Georgia state fan base is really encouraged. And I was checking the Georgia state message board this morning and there's some reasonable predictions out there, but the majority of the fan base is looking at a, a 10, 14 point minimum win by Georgia state. So I don't, I've been following this program long enough to know as soon as I get my hopes up, they come in there and they just come just dash those away from me, drive them away <laughs> home in the trash can. So I, uh, my expectations are tepid, but I think we're in store for probably a pretty good game. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and have to say that my favorite is the Georgia state does win this game up in Charlotte. Any point production there? Is it close to that line or is it a blowout? <laughs> well, it's not under the line. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I would say. And, and the, the over-under opened at 59 and moved to 58. Okay, yeah. Um, Georgia State can definitely put some points on the board, it looks like, with this uh, new quarterback, Quad Brown. No relation. And uh, <laughs> But our defense, still, we still let uh, Lafayette put up a lot of points. Uh you guys have that big question mark on your quarterback. I heard that he was out indefinitely, but Sean, you make it sound like there's a chance he may be coming back this game uh, with the, the backup quarterback, Atlanta teams. And I'm speaking for all Atlanta teams tend to not play well against backup quarterbacks. We, uh, we get shown at, we get put in our place, I should say. Uh, so I don't know. I would say that if you're going to put, uh, you know, put me to the line there, I'm going to say, let's go for a Georgia state 10 point win. All right. Yeah, uh, on the Reynolds front, it's it may be some gamesmanship by Coach Healy to say that he's questionable at this point because uh, when it first came out, it did sound like it was going to be a longer-term thing. But getting an extra week off with uh, not playing against Chapel Hill gave it a little more time, and so maybe he won't end up missing a game. We'll, we'll just have to see who trots out on the field. Right now on the depth chart, still seeing Chris Reynolds listed there as the um, starter for this week's game. So, uh, you know. Maybe the plan is is to be able to play him or, or maybe do at least limited reps there. Curious your take um, on Sean Elliott, your head coach. It's fourth season there, uh, just under a winning record there, 16-22 and 22 currently, and we've obviously run up against you guys twice. We've won one, you've won one. Ironically enough, both uh, away teams won, but this year with no fans, I'm, I'm thinking that's not really going to play a factor there, and who knows uh, who's going to take this one home. Well, I'll tell you, playing games inside of uh, Georgia State Stadium, it, it's been hard for us to get a, a large fan base out there. And our, our best year ever was last year, and we were plagued by three games with you know, to, total downpour uh, uh, 
rainfall. So we're used to, I think our players were used to playing in, in empty stadiums. We've been socially distancing since we started football in 2010. And I'm not trying to put down the team or the fan base. It's just been a, I mean, you guys have been through a very similar type thing. It's not been the easiest road starting up a football program. You guys are just a few years behind us. And I think, you know, you honestly have almost as many wins as we do. So it's not like uh, uh, you guys have been doing worse than us. You've been doing a better job than we have. But Coach Elliott, uh, I was nervous about his hire when he came in. You know, he was with South Carolina. He'd only head coached one or one win there. He lost to Citadel when he was head coach of uh, South Carolina after Spurrier left. And he's an App State guy. Our athletic director is from App State. It feels like an old boys club, so we were a little nervous about that. I've had the chance to meet Sean a number of times, and just as good of a guy as you can meet, a competitive guy, uh, obviously knows the game of football quite well. And he came in there that first year. We beat our in-state rival, Georgia Southern. We went to a bowl game. I'm like, all right, that's the correct hire. Hold on to this guy for a couple of years, and we'll be riding high. And then we win two games the following year. So it's like, all right, on the, on the hot seat, come back third year, all-star quarterback. We beat Tennessee up in Knoxville to open up the season and go to a bowl game. I, so <laughs> I, I like Sean Elliott as a person uh, as far as uh, his coaching style and everything. I think this, big, this is going to be a big year to see whether or not, uh, you know, we got that odd-year coach or we can get the even-in odd-year coaches. So. Yeah, unique scenario there with Georgia Southern and yourself both being in the Sun Belt. I bet that does make for a fun rivalry with more uh, frequent games being guaranteed given in-conference and in-state rivals. There is absolutely nothing fun about playing Georgia Southern or that school even existing or having to pass through Statesboro on your way to Savannah. Uh, <laughs> there is no, no love lost between these two fan bases. Uh, we despise each other before football was uh, on our radar whatsoever at all. We will despise each other for a long time to come. Uh, yeah, it's rough having in the same conference. That being said, if either one of us were to swap conferences or, not, or to move on to a different conference, I'm pretty sure that would become that regular out-of-conference in-state rivalry game. It's uh, too heated. The, the stadium is packed. That The stadium is packed for that game every other year. Same thing down there in Statesboro. They come out to that one. Our basketball games, they show up here. Uh, there's no way we're going to stop playing each other no matter what happens. The, the fan bases really do hate each other. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the questions I have for you guys is, uh, who is Charlotte's big rival? Who's that team that you really love to hate and they feel the same way about you guys? You want to answer first, Scott? Well, I, I think the team we love to hate that they don't care about us at all is Chapel Hill. So that's why that game that didn't happen was kind of disappointing. I would say on the basketball front, because I would say we're still more of a basketball school as we build into this football program. Davidson is definitely our our go-to rival in state that we love to hate and we want to beat them every year and we play for a cup. Uh, football, I think the app thing is starting to develop. The only thing that's unfortunate is we don't play them again until 2026. And then we have a regular back and forth, I think, starting in 2030. So that kind of makes it a little tough to, to get that going. But I definitely think app is who we want to be a rival. But by the time we get to play them again, I think we're going to be too big for them. See, I think that uh, – <laughs> let's hope you are. Let's hope you yeah. are. Now, I think that Charlotte and Georgia State, this should be kind of a natural rivalry. The, the two cities are pretty close to each other. We have um, uh, pro teams that play against each other twice a season. Uh, we started football around the same, same time. As of right now, like you said, Sean, we've got – both got away wins, no home wins yet. 
uh, is it seem, I mean, that this is the beginning of a four game series between the two programs. I think maybe in four years, we're talking about a big rivalry between Charlotte and Georgia state. I'd be on board for that. I think it'd be a, a good one to have. I, I love Charlotte. I love going up there. So that's a, you know, definite road trip for me if, when we play up there, when we can have fans up there. Yeah. I love um, picking teams with like 30% all time win records as my rival. So it's <laughs> easier. Win uh, no, but in all seriousness, I think that's actually a, a great idea and it, it's tough to answer your question. So I think every fan would give you a different answer as to who the rival is because uh, you know, you guys are familiar with it. Like you said, you're three years ahead of us football wise. So not too far down the road. Um, but those first few years, especially when you're not at FBS level and you're building it up, you're not really getting any rivalries there. And then when you're finally in FBS level, your conference games are happening and then you may have one team who can be a pretty regular, but we've been, we've been very aggressive with trying to ensure we schedule bigger than we are. So, um, that's involved, you know, Tennessee running through our schedule. We played them last year, played a hard game actually, and defense was really the the winner that day and kept them to uh, basically one field goal, or I mean one one real touchdown that wasn't um, uh, on a special teams play. And so we were supposed to play them this year again. That got canceled because of COVID. We've been scheduling Chapel Hill. We've had them on the books. We have Virginia Tech on the books as our first real big opponent, but they got scared and bailed out. Um, <laughs> we played Clemson. And, uh, we played Clemson last year. We've uh, got the Gators so, on the schedule. We've got some good been, ones. But as you guys high, but that makes it tough to get a good rivalry, right? So our conference, <laughs> that's the difficulty of being in Conference USA. There's not really any good, close opponents for us. ODU is probably the closest, and they've not been great at football. They even just gave up on football this year. So they Gave up the entire season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually went up to the game uh, when we played you guys. I think it was it uh, three years ago. Four years ago, something like that. Uh, yeah, so I went up there to that game, and I had a great time. It happened to be kind of a perfect storm. My wife had wanted to visit a friend, and we had like a nine-month-old kid, and uh, I'm, she's like, here, how about I, we drive up there, I drop you off at the game, and you just Uber back later. So I was flying solo out there at your stadium, and I had a great time. Great little um, tailgating area right there around the stadium. I saw a lot of students you know, just carrying their cases of beer over there. That was great. There was an alumni event set up for us not too far away. And the stadium, obviously, you know, is a smaller stadium, but it was nice. Um, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Has anything changed over those years with the, the layout and the stadium and that whole experience? Still as beautiful as ever. We've, <laughs> we've got opportunity to be able to expand to 35,000 seats easy, um, but obviously you need to justify that with the fan base before you can really – uh, build it but I think that's you know very soon to come and probably waiting for the right play to to try and partner with that with maybe conference realignments or any other stuff that may warrant seeing that bigger stadium and I think the big addition which I'm not sure if if you all do is they uh, added alcohol sales last season where uh, people could get beer and wine inside the stadium and not sit in a specific area but actually bring it back to their seat which seemed to go over pretty well. And I think there was a plan to continue that this year because nothing terrible happened. We had the beauty of starting off in the Georgia Dome. So being a privately owned stadium, you know, they're like, if you're going to be here, we're going to sell booze and you're going to like it. So when we bought the old Brave Stadium, it was just foregone conclusion. We've been having beer at all of our games. So we're going to continue having beer at our games. And it's, it's at a li limited capacity than what it was before. But yeah, it's gone over well 
And I think it's a, it's a trend in college football now. It's like more and more teams, more and more stadiums are realizing how much money there is to be made in those alcohol sales and how many people stay away because they'd rather be outside drinking, watching on their satellite TV versus making the trek into the stadium where they got to pay or we can't drink beer. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about Atlanta and Charlotte. A lot of people up here will always love Atlanta just for the Braves like myself. So yeah, I actually have the Braves game on right now. We're up to zero. If we win, we clinch the East for the third year in a row. Sorry to change subjects there, but uh, <laughs> you're good. I got to keep no it going. question. Not even worried about that one. Those Phillies are. <laughs> well, this is a, this is a game against the, the Marlins, but uh, no, I know. Uh, I'm just saying that everybody thinks the Phillies coming into it with oh. the roster they have are going to blow us out of the water. And then they haven't the past right, three years. Right. So you guys asked me my prediction on the game. Uh, what is y'all's take? You guys came in, like I went back and looked at some preseason rankings and predictions and you guys were predicted. This was going to be a win on your schedule. This was supposed to be a Charlotte win. Uh, after that app state game, like I said before, I was really scared. Uh, where do you guys stand today on the game? I think, I think Reynolds being out really hurts us, but I think it makes it unpredictable. We'll, we'll see what, what our backup quarterback can do. I think our running backs are very strong. So I think we're going to see heavy run in this game. We also have really good wide receivers. So I think if uh, Coach Kern, uh, Carney can really draw up the X's and O's and, and get creative, I think we can still put points on the board. But it's just we don't know what we don't know. And we've gone through a lot of quarterbacks, and this was the first one we've had that, like, we've had that confidence in that, this guy is definitely going to give us at least two or three touchdowns today. Not sure what we're going to get out of that. I'm hoping for the best. And I think our defense really showed that they can make some plays against app and our special teams looked a million times better in that one game than they have over the last two or three seasons. So, you know, got to be a Homer here. <laughs> I, I think Charlotte wins, but I think it, the spread really, it, it Vegas is always right. And I think Charlotte wins by a field goal tight game Ooh. i think that's a bad take <laughs> i gotta i i think it's like a a 10 point game in our favor and here's why so we've got a week of rest we, we had kind of a perfect scenario of get a game under your belt to see what it's like get an extra week to prep figure out what your holes were uh get aligned on on everything you know and the whole team wasn't quarantined so they could obviously still have practice and um game plan game film all of that stuff and um like Scott said, so if you're wondering, uh, imagine you're not watching Charlotte game tape all day long, but our running backs, uh, Trey Harbison, who's new this year, and Aaron McAllister, who's been around the block for us, are both um, crushing it. Aaron McAllister had a, a the longest field goal, or not field goal, kickoff return uh, for a touchdown in school history against App. Looked really good. Didn't do a ton in the backfield, um, but he may have just been tired from that run. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> And then our wideouts, if Dom Schaffner has to go and can get the ball to him, I mean, we've got five or six threats that can all um, get down the field in a hurry. Uh, so that's really tough to defend when you've got that many different options to get the ball in their hands. And uh, a lot of uh, backfield schemes with some jet sweeps and things like that to, to keep you guessing on defense. That is one advantage I'll definitely give to the Niners in this game is having that extra week off as bummed as they guys had to have been about not playing, especially not playing – you know, uh, in-town team UNC, getting that extra week to, you know, rest, but that extra week to practice and game prep and prepare, especially if if Reynolds is not going to be taking snaps, to have that backup quarterback, to have that extra week to really 
I, I get in there and get familiar and get prepared for it. That definitely is an advantage for, uh, for the Niners. That being said, I think the way that Georgia State lost that game against a ranked opponent last week, the guys are hungry, the coaching staff is hungry, and they're going to want to come out and make a statement out of this game. No pun intended, but make a statement. <laughs> <laughs> so who are the key players we need to watch out for on the Georgia State side of things? It's really going to come down to the quarterback and the running back. It's going to be uh, Quad Brown, who was our backup last year, redshirt freshman, who we had a lot of question marks on. But he's a six foot five, two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty pound guy. He's you'll notice him out there. Uh, we did not know what to expect, but we got some great play out of him last week, and I think that's only going to get better going into this week. And then uh, Destin Coates is our running back, and it was pretty much the the Coates and Brown show last week. I think out of our uh, all of our snaps, there was only uh, three other rushing attempts. Now, one of those was for a touchdown, but three other rushing attempts by two of the other running backs. So it's going to be those two guys. If they can you know, not wear themselves out too much, because that was part of what happened at the end of the fourth quarter last week, if they can uh, not wear themselves out too much, I think we got a good shot. That being said, Quad's still young. He's still reading, having a hard time reading these defenses. And if, if you can get your defensive line after him really quick and a quick pass, pass rush, uh, you can put some pressure on him, and maybe he'll make some bad decisions, and uh, who knows. And I know that's, that's the, the gimme, the quarterback and the running back. <laughs> but <laughs> for, for, your, for your listeners, uh, our podcast is way less about the X's and O's and more about the, man, did you see that hit? That was really awesome. We, <laughs> we know very little about the actual game of football other than we like it when our, our team scores more than your team. <laughs> hey, that's all you need right there. Um, and I, I think calling out the running back, even if that is the obvious play for you, um, that was a big weakness of ours against App State. We had trouble stopping the run. They had three different rushers um, going, you know, crazy on us for a while. And um, we've got a pretty good uh, front four on defense. So I uh, would like to see them hold up a little bit better uh, this time around. And um, we know they're capable of getting home to the quarterback and putting pressure on him, making difficult throws. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, as easy it is to call QB and running back, those are two pretty impact players that uh, you got to be able to contain if you want to uh, see a, a win go up on the board. Yeah, also I will say if you have to hold us down to kicking, we still have a big question mark on our uh, field goal kicker. We um, He's new this year. He came in from some FCS school, I forget. But he uh, he only kicked one field goal, the one attempt at all last uh, last week, and that was in the overtime. So he does not have a lot of experience at the FBS level kicking the ball. Uh, I mean, that's but I guess what I'm trying to say is if you can keep us out of the uh, the end zone, then you may have a good shot at uh, playing some uh, special teams against the uh, the kicking game. Yeah, yeah and I would say on our side, so. we've got a really good kicker, and our defense is very bend but don't break. So I definitely see big plays coming in there and you guys getting in the red zone. And that's when our defense usually steps up, whether it's a forced turnover or bringing you to fourth down. We'll see what happens. But we're excited about the game, ESPNU. So that's exciting, getting getting more televi- televised games for, for both programs. So that's cool. At noon, how do you guys feel about noon games? I would care if I was tailgating since I can't tailgate. <laughs> Noon's as good as any other time. Exactly. Are they actually – at the beginning of the season, uh, Charlotte said they were not going to allow fans in the stands for this game. Has that changed or is that still the case? That's, That's still correct. the case. And actually, But it should change today. soon. Yeah. 
the governor just moved us to phase three starting October 2nd. So it looks yeah. like we'll probably be able to get some fans after that. But currently, no fans in the stands. Okay. 7% capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, 7% is not huge, especially when you're talking about 15,000 seats. So right. um, it'll still feel like there's no fans even in the future when there are, but I'm sure the lucky fans who get to go will be very appreciative for anybody not afraid of the COVID. <laughs> well, I think that's all the questions I had for you guys this week. Yeah, we appreciate you stopping by. It was uh, great to get to know you. Good to see a fellow podcast out there. Uh, for anybody who wants to keep up with Georgia State on the side, feel free to check out State of Atlanta. And as always, you know to come to Minor Obsession for your Charlotte 49ers sports needs. Um, we have a special way to end it. I know this isn't uh, probably the colors you root for, but uh, on our side of things, we always remember to wear green. Go Niners. And hopefully we'll get to see you in person for uh, next year's game, and maybe we could do a live podcast for, the, for all the fans out there. I love it. I love it. Uh, if we end up seeing each other in uh, basketball, let's do it again then too. So yeah, I like and as it. we say, light it blue. <laughs>